Who dat, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are the best Saints podcast this side of the Mississippi, always part of the fan side and network. Today we'll be reviewing the New Orleans wildcard playoff matchup. The Saints took on the Panthers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Who dat, and what's up, guys? I'm your other co-host, Tyler Raymond. Every week is a sweet win for us, you know, after the Saints win, especially this week considering it's the playoffs. Uh, we'll dive into that in just a second. But first, we want to introduce a very special guest for tonight's podcast. This is his first time on the show. But uh, we can definitely agree on saying that it's been long awaited. We've been trying to have him on for a while, and we're excited to finally have him on now. He's his own co-host of the Under the Dome podcast. Please, everyone, give a huge hoot at and a welcome to Sean Williams. How are you, Sean? How's it doing? Fantastic. Wow. I don't even get a point from my <laughs> You get it here. You get it here. Very special guest, I, Sean. I, I may have to. Uh, I'm, I hate it took so long to get me here. All right. Awesome. I know. Yeah, me oh, too. Okay. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, Anytime. And, 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 and as you guys know, uh, Tyler is kind of special to me. He's be, he's been one of my uh, my closest confidants. Uh, well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> No, Tyler's a great guy. Uh, I follow Thanks. his uh, his career for some time now. Very promising and a very gifted young man uh, in in many many aspects of the business. And I look for great things out of him. And I'm I'm so very very proud of not only uh, who he is but what he is. Thanks. Dayton's yeah. cool too, by the way. Great. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Your guys is your guys bond is fantastic. I love seeing that type of stuff in this uh, New Orleans Saints community. And the reason in the introduction I say that this is the best best Saints podcast this side of the Mississippi is because you are on the other side, uh, over in Louisiana, of course, Sean, and you host the Under the Dome podcast. And obvi- I mean, we're not nearly at that level yet, but you are on the other side of the Mississippi, so so that, that's, where, that's where I kind of cut it off at. Uh, great podcast. <laughs> no, no, you just got done recording an episode as well. Um, and and I, I think Tyler's got some questions for you about yeah, we do. that awesome podcast you you are on. Well, thank yeah, you very much. Uh, that, that's uh, that's been a labor of love for me for uh, for some time now. I spent um, probably in the neighborhood of oh, three years developing, uh, building, um, just kind of mad scientisting the uh what would eventually become the under the dome podcast and uh i could not have even remotely anticipated the the rapid growth the acceptance um just the overall success that we've been able to enjoy and i'm so very thankful for uh for everything that the hudat nation has done to accept us and it, it, it makes me very proud to be attached to it. Yeah, and we're very proud that it's around, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, let's get into this, shall we, Sean? So, um, Absolutely. Hmm? Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, as uh, if you guys know, if you don't know, Sean's the co-host of the Under the Dome podcast. His co-host, Alan Ulrich, who we always is right by his side, we've actually had on the show before, so... We'll uh, make sure to throw that out there if you want some nostalgia, uh, some memories. But um, 
so Sean, also, I've been on the podcast too before. They and uh, I don't think you have. Have you? They no. or no? Nope, not yet. No? Okay, maybe someday. We've had, uh, um, <laughs> but we've had Alan on this show, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, too. yeah, that was really cool. But um, so Sean, we wanted to know, especially you know, uh, for our audience at home, what inspired you to create this podcast? We know you know before that you were just a uh, love uh, a guy who loved the Saints, you know, had a huge passion for it. But what made you uh, decide to pull, like pull the trigger and create a podcast? Well, you know, as I just alluded to a moment ago, it took me, um, I'm not going to say it took me, but um, I spent three years developing this, mm-hmm. the the concept that would become Under the Dome. And part of that was because, um, you know, being, I spent uh, three or four years at profootballspot.com as the lead Saints writer, the NFC West division manager, and so on and so forth. And um, it was the, for lack of a better way of putting it, the writing was on the wall that the future of sports journalism, to a, to a big extent, was going to be the audio route, uh, if not as our podcast is the audio-visual route, where... People wanted to hear voices where they didn't have to read. They they wanted that instant access to information. Um, and, you know, as I said, it, it just seemed that the writing was on the wall, that that was going to be a large part of what the future held for sports journalism. Uh, there was that. Um, and I had, uh, I had spent a year where... Over the course of uh, over the seventeen week season, I think that uh, over during that season, in seventeen weeks, I made I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty two media appearances. Wow! Be that radio uh, podcasts here or there, I I would have talked about the Saints in a pay toilet and used my own change. Uh, I, <laughs> It's just something that I felt that strongly about. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize, and I, I don't normally talk about it, to me, being a sports journalist was a um, a godsend because in 2012, I was working a job where I was uh, probably 70 to 80 hours a week, very physical labor, and in October of that year, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. Yeah. And uh, I, in a week's time, I went from being a 80 hour a week employee to sitting in a room watching um, DVDs. Thinking about the fact that I had a disease that could kill me. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, that, that's not an experience that I would really highly recommend for a lot of people but um you know at the same time i can honestly say that it's an experience that uh i wouldn't take anything in the world for because it it uh for lack of a better way of putting it 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 teaches you who you are what you are and where you fit in in this in this world and uh writing about football was something that I really I had done before but I didn't really stop to ever consider whether I was good at it or not but um, long story 
sh- a little bit shorter, I guess. Uh, I I went to work for PFS, and uh, it as it turned out, something that I wondered if I was good at. I I was generally considered to be uh, a little better than okay at, and uh, I worked there for a couple of years, and uh, the entire time I, I looking for the right sort of support and backing to uh to get my own podcast off the ground and i had ideas and there were a lot of people that were more interested in telling me what they wanted to do and what their ideas were than to uh to listening to what i had in mind and um i i as the situation were i i chose to uh to keep control of my own concept until I found the right sort of backing which uh which was the fan first productions guys that came along and uh they basically gave me the directive hey y- you know what you want you know what works and uh mm-hmm. we believe in what what it is that you do and uh I couldn't ask for anything more and that developed into what we have today yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, when I think about, it, I, I was trying to think of like a uh, a really good comparison for you and Alan, and this is what I thought of. Uh, <laughs> bear with me. I, I consider you guys like the Saints version of the Blues Brothers, but you're a lot more funnier, and you've got a lot of wit and a lot of spunk. So, um, yeah. Speaking of Alan, the next one I wanted to ask you. Um, what's it like working with him? You know, obviously, uh, for the long listeners here of our podcast, we've had him on before, but, um, what makes this so great? You know, you and Alan, how you two work together for this podcast? You know, I, for the, for the longest time, I've been a Saints fan probably the, the biggest majority of my life, and, uh, anyone that's been a Saints fan from the beginning will tell you, uh, that if you if you're a diehard follower of not just your team but the game that and you're a Saints fan that means that you're a Saints fan and then when the postseason starts you find somebody else to support and that was always me uh, and, and I thought that I was fairly knowledgeable on the New Orleans Saints and then I met Allen and realized that I I was a babbling idiot in compared to in comparison to him. <laughs> This guy knows names, dates, time. He's like it's crazy. It's he's like the FBI of the New Orleans Saints. He, yeah. If it if it happened, if it inc- if it included someone, he knows it. Dates, times. Uh, you know, he doesn't even have to look at. It. He can just yeah. sit there and tell you. Uh, and, and you know, I, I make light of that, but uh, absolutely. Alan Ulrich is a walking encyclopedia of not just knowledge of the game, but uh, but also this team. And I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have sit down and vetted a better uh, better co-host to have at my disposal than than he is. And uh, I'm just I'm totally blessed with not only the situation, but with the uh the opportunity to be able to work with someone uh as as great as alan is yeah <laughs> he's something special but i i'll tell you guys this so um man you two together you know it's like a ketchup and mustard you know you guys i i i've never heard of saints podcast 
Uh, I know Dan and I were getting there, but uh, you know, before ours, so that was so in sync. So you know, back and forth, it's perfect. But um, it's funny. Speaking of being perfect and stuff like that, um, it, I think it's almost like uh, almost like a new time for everybody right now, especially the Saints podcast. You know, because the Saints are in the playoffs, and I want to ask you guys. Um, I, I assume uh, this is was this your first podcast, like Sean? Where you guys mentioned how the Saints for the postseason, and was that the last uh, last week? That was last week. Uh, yeah. We 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 go every t- Tuesday night at eight p.m. Central Standard Time. So uh, last week we spent. Uh, we didn't really talk a whole lot about the Bucks game uh, from Week Seventeen, not because it was irrelevant. Well, yeah, kind of, <laughs> right? Kind of yeah, because it, of. It, it didn't really amount to a whole lot. Uh, you know, we tried to focus more on uh, getting that three feet over Carol. Carolina, which we were uh, we were fortunate to to be able to do, but uh, yeah, we and I didn't tell you guys, uh, and I may be premature in doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, we just uh, as of today, we booked a very special guest for our uh, our show next Tuesday. Now, do you want me to tell you now, or do you want me to kind of save that until the end of the show? I listened to the end of your guys' podcast, so I already know this, and I'm... You cheated! I I cheated. I'm so sorry. I know. (laughs) The rest of the audience doesn't know. I say you you tell it now, because I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, okay, well, first of all, does this come out before our next show? Uh, Yeah, this will be out... Well, yeah, this will be out probably a little bit after we're done recording. Oh, awesome. Uh, at next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we're going to have a very special guest that um, that committed today, actually. Uh, Saints Hall of Famer, former uh, Nebraska Cornhusker, uh, very talented cornerback, even more talented punt returner, kick returner. Tyrone Hughes is going to be joining us next week. Oh, so that's awesome. epic. So awesome. Congrats yeah, yeah. on that. That's fantastic. That's, Thank you very that, much. That's awesome uh, to have him on. Pays to work social media, brother. Yes, <laughs> yes. And Tyler and I are learning a little bit about that, too. So, yeah, congrats on that. That's 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 such a great guest to have on the show, especially around well, this time. I, I'll be honest with you guys, and, and you guys being in the same position that I was in basically a year ago, uh, and, and you may want to edit this out in the final. Oh, everything final. stays, brother. Everything stays. Oh, well, I'll choose my words carefully then. (laughs) Uh, Most of these guys I have found from dealing with with people, most of these guys are more than happy and cordial to, uh, to deal with people like us because we're fans and we represent fans, and that's something that they don't forget. So don't ever, uh, don't ever hesitate to, to work that Twitter angle, to work that Facebook angle. Uh, if, if you have means to, to reach out to these guys, most of them will accommodate you and, and yeah. don't give a, they don't give a second's hesitation to doing so. Now there, there are those elitist jerks, but, um, we we're can't. not going to, we're not going to call them by name because right. <laughs> we, we, we can't sell ourselves short. Yeah. But, uh, Sean, I wanted to ask you, though, um, are you guys uh, excited, you and Alan? I know Dayton and I are. We've been 
thrilled, you know, that we finally get to talk about some Saints postseason football. But how about you and Alan? I'm sure you guys have obviously been waiting for this for a long time. You know, are you guys excited? You're finally talking about the Saints in the postseason? We are, but, um, you know, it's tempered with the fact that it's fleeting. Um, you know, we we expected that we would make, at, at a certain point in the season, you know, we expected that we would make the postseason. And that was cool because, uh, you know, last week was our very first ever playoff edition, you know. But, um, you know, there's a bigger job here. There's a there's a higher goal, you know. Um, I don't – not to minimize it at all, but when all is said and done, I don't want the highlight of this – I don't want to ever – look back on the highlight of this season being the fact that we beat Carolina in the playoffs. Just to be able to have the opportunity to go to Minnesota and get beat. Of course, you know, uh, my dad told me years and years and years ago when I was still a player, Mm -hmm. you know, in high school football, if you don't win the state championship, the way that it ends is going to suck for you. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Very best at what you do, and there's only one team that's going to be able to do that. Yeah. And who would you say that is? New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> uh, it, it, it. Seriously, in all honesty, I, that's that's not something that I'm going to speculate on. Because, um, to be totally honest with you, that can change from moment to moment, from day to day. Uh, the very best team today may not be the very best team tomorrow. Yeah. Ultimately, do I think that the New Orleans Saints have the uh, the talent and the ability to be able to get to the the ultimate prize? Sure, absolutely. I think that the Saints are right now as hot as any team in there. But, you know, at the same time, it, it, on our side of the bracket, you have the Atlanta Falcons, and there's no team hotter right now. And, and I, I really and truly, I feel the need to spit when I say that about the Falcons. But, uh, it, you know, you can take fandom to one extent, but I, I'm a professional at what I do, and I call it down the middle uh, with no... Uh, no bias whatsoever. Atlanta is one of the very hottest teams playing right now, much like the Saints. Uh, if if I had my uh, my druthers, yeah, we'd be playing in Philadelphia, and Atlanta'd be home doing exit physicals right now. But uh, uh, as it turns out, Atlanta's going to Philly, and uh, we're going to Minnesota. Do I think we can? Compete with Minnesota? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of people that are paying a lot of attention to the week one narrative, as I call it. Um, yeah, this team went to Minnesota in week one on Monday night football and lost. But uh, the two teams that you're going to see square off on Sunday evening are going to be two drastically different teams than what you saw in week one. And yeah. I, I, I think that that bodes a lot better for the Saints than if it were not that way. Yeah. 
and it, it's something, you know, it really is. You know, obviously we're all looking forward to that matchup. It's going to be something really interesting. Before we actually we move on to that, uh, Sean, I want to give your uh, amazing YouTube account, your podcast account on YouTube, a quick shout out. Guys, make sure to go check out Sean and Alan's podcast. I, I know we've said before when Alan was on, it's a great podcast. We love it. Hopefully you will, too. Under the Dome C3 Network. That's their official name on YouTube. Go check it out. They've got hundreds of subscribers. They get ah, dozens of views every episode. It's amazing. You know, I I, I give you uh, all the props, Sean. You know, uh, I've listened to your podcast a lot. And, you know, uh, I've learned a lot from it about myself and how I approach my own podcast. So, so I want to thank you, you know. Well, I'll I'll be honest with you, uh, Tyler. I, mm. I've uh, I've been blessed with being in a position to. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a southern terminology, but uh, I very much believe in paying it forward, and uh, I have a very small group. Uh, as I've alluded to, the the few times that you've been on with us. Um, I have what I call my guys, uh, David Harrison, Tyler, uh, Bob Rose, the, you know, and, uh, these guys, uh, they were there for me when I started this and they, they were the ones telling me, uh, don't listen to those, that, those, that huge crowd of people that are telling you you're an idiot for doing this. We think you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as it turned out, this, the small guys were right, and the the, the crowd was wrong. But um, I I take a lot of pride in seeing what what you guys have done with your show, um, Thank you. and what what Bob continues to do with with his career. Uh, that means a lot to me uh, because I feel like. Uh, not that you guys ever needed me to do what you do, but uh, it means a lot to me that maybe I played some small part in helping you guys to get to where you are. And uh, that that's way more important than anything that ever happens on uh, a grass field that's 100 yards by 50. Yeah, I hear you. I, absolutely. So, Dayton... Uh, I heard there are rumors that the Saints are playing another game in the playoffs. Why don't you tell me about that a little bit? Oh, um, I don't know if those – I'm going to have to fact-check those rumors. Let me. Oh, yeah, of course, because they beat the Carolina Panthers for the third time this season. Uh, as division rivals met for the third time, <laughs> this playoff game down in New Orleans felt like the biggest game in recent history for both squads. Obviously, the Panthers played in the Super Bowl back in 2015, but this this game was pretty close to matching that with the intensity down in New Orleans. The Saints jumped out to a lead and almost never looked back. Uh, Newton led the Panthers to within five points, uh, and the Saints were up by as many as 15 uh, during the game. But a fourth down sack by Von Bell with the help from the other Cam, Jordan, of course on the Saints, <laughs> secured a 31-26 victory for New Orleans. We are headed to Minnesota. They're going to take on the two-seeded Vikings, uh, in the same dome that's going to be hosting the Super Bowl next month uh, for the divisional round matchup. Let's get into this game, though. We're going we're gonna to break down this game in this podcast. I'm going to go over the sequence of events. Very back and forth to start out the game. A drop in the end zone by the Panthers 
uh, led to a missed chip shot field goal by Graham Gano. Uh, and then that opened the gates for New Orleans because uh, a couple plays later, Drew Brees to Ted Ginn Jr. for an 80-yard touchdown pass. The Dome was rocking. Second quarter, in between three, Graham Gano actually made field goals. You have a wide-open Josh Hill touchdown pass from Drew Brees and then a touchdown run by Zach Lyon. Uh, the offense was tearing it up. Back and forth in the third quarter, teams traded field goals. At halftime, it was 21-9. to Going into the fourth quarter, it was 24-12. to uh, Cam Newton threw a touchdown pass to Greg Olson uh, that made it a five-point game. It was really close. And Cam Newton actually got knocked out of the game uh, due to a really vicious sack, which we'll, of course, get to in a little bit. But he, he was down for a drive. They had to send Derek Anderson. Didn't, didn't do too much. Newton comes back into the game. And after a Alvin Kamara touchdown run, which we thought would have sealed the game, Christian McCaffrey gets a 56-yard pass touchdown. It's 31-26. Saints uh, go for it on fourth down in Carolina territory. Ends up being an interception, which worked like a punt. And uh, again, that clutch sack by Von Bell and Cam Jordan to seal the game for the Saints. Uh, Led to one of the most exciting victories, again, in in recent memory for both of these teams. So I want to get to this, Sean. I'll start with you. Obviously, this game was crazy. Very back and forth. And the Panthers left a lot of points on the board. You look at not finishing drives, not getting touchdowns, missing those field goals. Did their mistake cost them the game more so than the Saints' execution leading them to victory? Well, what are your thoughts on that? So, in other words, did the Panthers lose this game, or or we or should we give more credit to New Orleans for for finding a way to pull this out? I, I to be honest with you, over the course of the uh, the past couple of days, I've uh, I've held strongly to the 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 train of thought that not nearly enough credit is being given to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Actually, right. Um, there, there is no way for me to tell you just exactly how uh, how. Like I said earlier, I felt going in that this was a, div- a division opponent, uh, playoff atmosphere. This is gonna, this is going to be the third time that you face the same team in the course of a season. This is going to be probably a one possession game. I mean, you you factor in that this is a team that you completely, basically blew out uh, twice, and then you're facing them for a third time with a win or go home uh, type of mindset. Uh, I expected it to be close and probably be a one possession game by the end of the game. I I didn't even remotely think that as good as they are that the Carolina defense was going to be able to completely eliminate uh, the Camara Ingram combo yeah. that has just basically ran roughshod over the entire league that they faced over the course of this season. Especially Carolina in, in the past. And that yeah, that was impressive of Carolina to step up because they were they, they got, it, got it torn was. up by Ingram and Kamara in the two other meetings. I was impressed by that. At, yeah. Yeah, and if you think about it, um not only that, but this defense has been the very bane of Drew Brees' existence over the past several meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh they've usually intercepted one if not two passes. Um Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, uh and and for a while there Josh Norman. Um but if if I'm being completely honest, this uh, that Carolina secondary, which 
is something that I watch particularly close considering I was a cornerback when I played. Um, since that defense lost Josh Norman, uh, it, the secondary hasn't been the same and they've, they've, they've struggled to have the type of success that they enjoyed with Norman without Norman. Uh, but I, I didn't expect them to be as effective, much less uh, just completely eliminate that from the game. Uh, there's a lot of comfort, if you want, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, in the fact that we're sitting back on this side and the people, our opponents that we're lining up against, they find... Uh, comfort maybe in saying we're going to eliminate Ingram and Kamara and we're going to put the ball in Bree's hands and he's going to have to beat us. Uh, (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's in bold well for them. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at it realistically, uh, you take fandom out of the equation, you look at it realistically and you put the, the ball in a playoff atmosphere, in a 38-year-old man's hands, uh, the law of averages is generally going to favor you. But, yeah. you know, the as is usually the case, the law of averages does not apply to Drew Brees very very often. No. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he's defied Oz ever since he came into the league. And I, I, I don't ever think we would have said before this season as fans that, we had to like we go oh i can't believe we had to rely on drew Brees and we won like in the past we would say oh we relied on drew Brees and we won the game this season it's been oh mark ingram and alvin kamara have been helping this carry this team and obviously drew Brees has been fantastic as well but it's been carried by this fantastic uh uh backfield this duo and before the season we would have all thought oh we're we of course we have to rely on drew Brees. why would you be surprised if we do but for this game i'm i'm with you sean i mean you know, Carolina really didn't have too much of a choice. They shut down, you know, what's been the better uh, offensive uh, weapons for the Saints throughout the season, and they forced Drew Brees to to do what he does best, and and he capitalized on that. In, in a in a so obviously hats off to, to Drew Brees to do that in that environment. What what do you think, Tyler? Uh, are you gonna you gonna give more credit to you know Carolina losing? Uh, this game because of mistakes or or are you going to give more credit to the saints winning because of their execution um both and then i'll say this so the panthers made mistakes you know there were like a couple things i saw like highlights where like they had a wide open christian mccaffrey and cam newton didn't see yeah. it just other things but like i'll give credit to the saints because i think they executed it well i think you know their game plan going into this was you know well thought of everything Went their way for the most part. I just think they sort of—I wouldn't say choked, but um, they had a—they uh, had a frog in their throat. You know, yeah. luckily they were—they uh, were able to pass it, but they had a frog in their throat. Uh, come uh, come time the late fourth quarter, but uh, yeah, I thought they did well though. You know, I'll give them credit, and hopefully, anything—oh, especially the penalties. Hopefully, anything yeah. that didn't give them success during this game, they can figure out for the Vikings game because they're going with. With the Vikings defense, they're going to need to be nearly perfect, uh, you know, to if we want to secure this victory. 
Yeah. yeah. That's one thing we didn't really talk about with Brandon last week. Uh, for those of you listening that didn't listen to last week's show, we had Brandon Scott. Uh, he is the site expert over at Cat, Cat Crave Blog. Uh, he was on the show last week. That's the one thing that we forgot to mention is, is Carolina was the least penalized team in the regular season, and the Saints were top five in, in most, or yeah, yeah, or it's like top five or top six in penalties. That showed in this game, we had double the amount of penalties. I, you know, and and that's the thing. I don't know if this team doesn't seem that undisciplined. Like it doesn't seem like yeah. these these penalties are, are are so apparent when you're actually watching the game. Do you agree with that, Sean? Like like when you obviously when you look at the stat sheet, Saints have a lot of penalties. When you're watching the game, I don't know, is, or is it just me, or or does it not feel like the Saints are are that undisciplined to get that many penalties? I, I don't think it's so much a discipline problem. To be honest with you, um, I think you know there was. You go back to the the first Atlanta game, and there was so much made about the officiating crew in that yeah. game. Yeah. The offici- In a perfect world, the officiating crew is never going to be seen. They're never going to be heard. Uh, we don't live in that world. Uh, <laughs> we never will. Um, and to when uh, the only thing that. Uh, me as a football fan and I'm to be uh, to be honest with you I'm going on probably 45 plus years of being a football fan Um, excuse me the only thing that I ask from a a refereeing or excuse me officiating crew in, in a big in the broad sense is don't affect the outcome of the game unless it is absolutely dire that you do. And, um, you know, speaking as a Saints fan, I I don't think that we got that in that first meeting. Um, and now, as far as there being a, a grand conspiracy to screw this, excuse me, uh, to uh, mess over, if you want to call it that, the Saints in that first meeting, I no. No, uh, there's nothing for any party to gain by um, by some grand conspiracy to victimize saints. I don't buy into that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of arguments that have been made before and since that lend a certain sense of credibility to that argument. Um, I, I don't... I don't think that that's the case, though. Really, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. I, I, I think, would agree as well. It's just a, it's weird, you know. Like it, it's not like if the penalties were that serious, it would be something that everybody would be talking about. It'd be something that would stall drives for the Saints, and sometimes it has. You know, uh, look back at the season. Sometimes it's been apparent that the penalties have been an issue, but I think for the most part, you know. Any team has penalties. It's just a matter of how many do the Saints get. You know, it doesn't really concern me. But it's still, it's still something. When it comes, you know? when it comes right down to it, 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 a penalty is a mistake. Yeah. And when you're in a playoff atmosphere, much less playing for the opportunity to move on to the the championship round of your conference, you. Uh, it kind of goes without saying that you're going to have to play mistake-free football. 
that doesn't that's that's not exclusive to not committing penalties that's making tackles that's not committing turnovers uh, not missing assignments and, and that make no mistake about it you know uh the Minnesota Vikings are where they are for a reason it's not because they won one game it's because they established a a, a consistent winning uh season to be put in that number two position and they very much deserve to be there and if you don't bring your absolute a game to minneapolis with you then you're going back to new orleans without yeah 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 very very um and, and and again this this saints team is also very well coached so so it is surprising to see Penalties in, in this type of situation, obviously, none of them hurt. None of them hurt the Saints too much. Uh, the 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 most killer penalty in this game was actually against the Panthers. It was that intentional grounding uh, that sure. eventually pretty much ended the game. So arguments on Twitter that um, you know, and I've seen this mainly. It is by by I, 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 again Panthers fans that I think were just upset about about the loss initially. Uh, but I saw enough of it that that it just made me. I need, we just need to kind of address it. Uh, of all the people saying that the refs were somehow in favor of the Saints for this game, it's just not true. Uh, I think that that's just a narrative being creative. Uh, there, there's nothing to back it up with. If the Saints, Saints or Saints fans will ever say that refs are favoring, say, another team like in, in the first meetup with with Atlanta, at least we have something to back it up with. With this game, there's there's just absolutely no substance behind it. Saints had more penalties, more penalty yards, uh, and that intentional grounding was was a correct call. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to address that, put that out there since we were talking about penalties. Uh, I want to dive into some stats as well. Drew Brees is 23 of 33, 376 yards, two touchdowns, bogus interceptions really shouldn't have happened. You take that away and he has a near perfect game, uh, uh in the playoffs with his two best weapons being shut down. Kamara, 10 carries, 23 yards, Mark Ingram, nine carries for 22 yards. Uh, but Drew Brees was able to hit eight different receivers. Michael Thomas leading the way, eight catches, 131 yards, uh, on nine targets, too. There's only one incompletion through, thrown Michael Thomas's way. Ted Ginn Jr., four catches, 115 yards. Of course, that 80-yard bomb. Josh Hill also had a touchdown, three catches, 49 yards. Brandon Coleman, four catches, 44 yards, and nearly gave everybody a, a heart attack when he fumbled that ball. Luckily, Mark Ingram was able to recover <laughs> it. Uh, Von Bell, eh, this is really interesting, and this will really show you where the uh, Panthers were, were attacking the Saints. Saints' top three tacklers uh, were all in the secondary. Von Bell had nine, um, uh, Williams had eight, and uh, Ken Crawley had seven. Uh, and then he had Tyler Davis in six, Raphael Bush five, uh, another safety. Uh, so, so I thought that that was interesting. Uh, when I when I go over this list, guys, which what stands out to you the most? The, to me, looking at this, I mean, I can't believe Kamara only averaged two point three yards a carry in this game. Uh, obviously, he had the touchdown, which is great. But as long as Rush was five, Ingram's was seven. That stands out to me the most. What do you guys think? Uh, you can take it, Sean, if you want. Uh, what stands out to me is, uh, once again, as is as has been the narrative for this entire season, this young defense took it upon themselves to step up and be the difference maker and be the deciding vote in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, what about you, yeah, for me, I'd say what shocked me the most that, like, I was glad it happened that the Saints 
managed to sack Cam Newton four times. Well, I, right. Like, I was shocked that it didn't happen was uh, Cam Newton didn't throw any interceptions. I was at least expecting yeah. maybe, like, Marcus Williams interception in coverage, maybe a Marshawn Landwehr interception against Devin Funches. I don't know, something like that. But both defensive players, that would be mine. How about you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, I, I think the running game, if, if we're looking, uh, defensively as well, really impressed by the play of Von Bell. I think ever since we yeah. got this guy out of, out of Ohio State, he's, he's, he's been almost the definition of, of Saints football and, and where this defense is trending. Hard-nosed guy, great work ethic, uh, healthy for the most part. I, I think that he's played in, in almost every game that, that he can since he's been on the team. Uh, he, he's just been great. H- hasn't, hasn't started nearly as much, um, you know, as as I think that his talent shows, but that's because we've kind of had a top stockpile in, in safety. Uh, Marcus Williams is also a bright spot on the team. Uh, but yeah, I was really impressed impressed with Von Bell's play. Uh, another guy that you don't really uh, expect to step up in this type of situation. Uh, one guy you do was Drew Brees, and he did. Obviously, I, I think that all three of us think that Drew Brees is a top five quarterback all time. Uh, uh, and I'll, I'll start with Sean no. again. No. No. Okay. No. Uh, Tyler, Tyler's heart just went into palpitations, but um, <laughs> a little bit. Oh, wait, who's uh, your top five? To be, to be completely honest with you, I don't rank Breeze top five. I rank Drew Breeze number one. Okay. Period. Okay. I, End okay. of story. I love it. A- I love and it. a lot of people, and, and I'll tell you this: a lot of people have thrown it up in my face. Well, you're just being a Saints homer. Look. No. No. Um, yeah. He will never never acquire the jewelry that a Tom Brady has, but uh, go over to the bookshelf and pull down the NFL mm-hmm. record book mm-hmm. and look at who, whose name is etched yeah. significantly in every yep. passing category. Yep. And Word. probably before the midway point of next season, the very last hurdle that he has to climb, which is that, um, that all-time passing yardage, record yeah. will be his yeah yeah i agree I, I i'd rank him number one too i'm with you sean would you uh so so and that leads me to my next uh, obviously uh we've watched enough drew Brees to know that he is the best quarterback that, that we've seen and and obviously the the history books and the stats uh spell that story out as well but other people obviously are skeptical to put him in that conversation i always yeah you, you'll, you'll hear people put aaron Rodgers in the top five before drew Brees. But does this game vault and or solidify Drew Brees in the top five quarterback conversation right now? I'll start with you, Sean. Do you like like for 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 the general public? Do you think you think this game obviously was good enough to convince some people to put Brees in the top five? Unfortunately, I to be completely honest with you, uh, I believe that that will be determined by the outcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. and by, by by that I mean. If Drew Brees goes in there and the Saints get drubbed and the the Vikings move on, well, same old Saints. Yeah. La di da. Let's move on to next season, uh, and it's all about Tom Brady. But just for the sake of this conversation, let's entertain a different thought process. The Saints go into Minnesota and they, uh, giving Minnesota full credit. Let's say they eke out a. Uh, Will Lutz last minute field goal win? Okay, well, then that sets up, and this is something that's very interesting. I know this is 
somewhat off topic, but I, I wanted to point this out because I came up with this all on my own. Uh, we just played Carolina for the third time this season. Should we go into Minnesota and pull that one out, that will more than likely set up a third meeting this with year. Atlanta. With, yep. with Atlanta. Yeah. With the Atlanta Falcons yeah. in the Superdome yep. for the NFC Championship. Should we pull that out, that's going to send us back to Minnesota mm-hmm. for the third time this season. Yep. I thought that was pretty interesting. Not a lot of traveling, Total, uh, obviously, which is cool. T- totally irrelevant, but uh, well, curious. It's it's a possi- It's a big possibility. And reduces travel time, right? You go Minnesota, New Orleans, Minnesota. And, and, and at worst, you go, I mean, Minnesota, Philadelphia, back to Minnesota. Still not too bad. Uh, you know, that's an interesting point. To bring. And then we would beat two different teams uh, three times in one and I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't think I don't think a team has ever beat Well, if, if we end up in the NFC Championship game in New Orleans versus mm-hmm. Atlanta, that's going to put us against the Falcons for yeah. not just the third time this season but the third time within yeah. the past uh month. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That's and, and we played Carolina for the second time in 2 months, I think, or second time in 1 month. Yes. Which which no, yeah, uh we played Carolina early in the season. Right, and then we played but, them, and then what? which week was it when we played them in New Orleans? That was week 13. So, yeah, it was about yeah. five five weeks apart. Yeah, 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 which is – and, and both, both of those tail end games, what, the one in week um, 13 and the one uh, last Sunday, both in New Orleans too. So two times in New Orleans in five weeks, and then something similar could happen if we play Atlanta because we also played that, Atlanta in New Orleans tail end of the season. Very interesting stuff. It's very interesting stuff. I, I have maintained for years that there is probably no division in the National Football League that is more competitive than the NFC not even, South. Not even I close. Agree. Not even close. And, and people people glance at the overall records of the teams and they they laugh it off. But you're talking about a division that is led by Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. Yep. And you're playing these teams twice a year. Yep. And and let's say the Saints or the Falcons make it to the Super Bowl this year. That's three different, te- or I guess if, if the Falcons make it, three teams. But if the Saints make it, three different teams from the same division in the Super Bowl representing the AFC in four years. Three yeah. three teams from the NFC South in four years going to the Super Bowl representing the NFC. I, that, that tells you enough right there, right? And, and you know, yeah. people, and, and and the people who who's who who laugh at the NFC are also the people who believe uh, that 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 playoff games mean more than the regular season, and so be it. So obviously, you look at that, and that contradicts you know what 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 whatever theory they're trying to bring out there about the NFC South being lesser than anything. It's these teams have played great in the playoffs, and they get there. Three of the four teams made it the playoffs this year. Uh, and again, if we if one of the teams ends up representing the NFC, that's three times in the last four years from the same division. Uh, great. So what do you think, Tyler, about the the Drew Brees top five? Obviously, he, he, he's your favorite quarterback of all time, uh, and, and I'm sure you have him at number one, if not number two, on on your list as well. Do you think this performance? And and I, I agree with you, Sean, as well. I think that they're probably going to have to win in Minnesota for people to really, really start to buy into not only Brees overall, but 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 this team being being championship caliber. Uh, what do you think, Tyler? Was that was that enough from Drew Brees? Um, uh, I'll say this: I think Drew Brees is the greatest Saint to ever 
uh, ever played for the New Orleans Saints ever. You know, obviously the impact he's made for this franchise. He's on the brink of another Super Bowl appearance. Like, what other player can you say for the Saints has made that big of an impact yeah. to take uh, take your team to consecutive playoff appearances, a historic Super Bowl run beating Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning. Uh, Drew Brees is the GOAT. Now, yeah. uh, unfortunately, not everybody believes that. Easily top 10. I'm going to say, let's see how this play, uh, like this playoff run Let's see how far this goes. But obviously, if they if they make the Super Bowl this year, this playoff game certainly helped. Now, yeah. I, I, let's say they were. Let's say we win the. Uh, let's say we lose this game to the Vikings. I'm gonna say it adds a bit to it, you know, because they. Uh, uh, I can't speak. <laughs> um, opposing people will say that um, that you know the Jubilees got them to another uh, playoff appearance, you know. And obviously, I think that helps them a bit, and they they weren't just one and done. They won a game. So take that what you will, but I, I still love yeah. Drew Brees, you know. And you know what I love even, even more? Um, I saw on Instagram on Mark uh, Ingram's Instagram, Drew Brees was, like, yeah. dancing yeah. awesomely. I love that, too. The, ce- so, the celebrations from New and, I, and I'm thank, very envious. Thank God he's a better quarterback than he is a dancer. Yeah, I, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he, he was like, hello, my fellow brethren, when, when he was going up to dance. Um, and I'm envious of you, Sean, being down in Louisiana because I know it's rocking uh, with the Saints win. Tyler and I don't really have the luxury of being around in that environment. Envious of you. It's definitely rocking. We're going to get to one more thing. I guess I guess it's kind of two two things. It's kind of a two-part little deal here. Uh, before we well, go to if – I, If I may, Dayton, yeah. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, let's con- – just for the sake of this conversation, uh, and, and I think it's, it's very relevant – there's only one other quarterback. Uh, uh, Drew has beaten Favre. Drew has beaten Peyton. Drew has beaten Warner. Mm-hmm. There's only one other quarterback in the conversation of who the the goat of this era is. There's only one other quarterback in that conversation, and we all know who yeah. that is. And and Breeze could have a chance of beating him this year too. Absolutely, I, that that is that is one thing that I would give my right arm yeah. to see uh, the Saints too. getting past Minnesota and yeah. getting past Atlanta or Philadelphia, whoever, and getting into the Super Bowl. Everybody asks me, "Hey, I, I know it's a long ways off, but uh, if if we reach that point, who would you rather play in the Super Bowl?" And there's only one answer for yeah. me, um, yeah. and. Should you will see, excuse me, you will see a magical transformation in the narrative that surrounds Drew Brees uh, in the media. Should that uh, that head-to-head competition come to fruition, you will see a massive change in the direction in tor- as far as the narrative towards where Drew Brees' place in history is. Should it reached that point, and he have to face off against a um, a Tom Brady in a championship game yeah. situation. Yeah. For for those of you that don't know which quarterback we're talking about, uh, Blake Bortles. Uh, so hopefully Breeze Breeze and Bortles meet up, defeating the the greatest quarterback of our yeah. era. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> uh, we're we're yeah. No, that's a great no. Like seriously, if, if Breeze makes it, plays Brady, beats Brady. Uh, you have you have him beating Peyton Manning, who who finished his career as two time Super Bowl champion. Even if he goes and plays Ben Roethlisberger, 
that's still pretty impressive, right? Beating a two-time Super Bowl champion, definitely. I think I think Big Ben's going to be a Hall of Famer. But Brady is that token. Brady 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 is what that could be I, I think Bruce that 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 would be incredible. And in terms in terms of the mainstream media, yeah, Brady is the yeah. measuring stick that all quarterbacks will be measured by, 100%. not just in this generation, but for generations to come. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 also that'd be great because Breeze beat Peyton Manning in a Super Bowl. Cam Newton was unable to do that. If Breeze beats Brady in, in a Super Bowl, Matt Ryan was unable to do that a season ago. So I mean, that's just another upper hand over over the rivals in our division. Um, let, uh, so I'm going to jump into t- two more things before we go to break and come back with some other NFL playoff talk. I'm going to start with Tyler this time since we started with Sean last time. What was the biggest bright spot for the Saints? Uh, and, and and give me the other side. What what needs to be adjusted to, to win in Minnesota? What what was there? I guess I guess you know soft spot. Uh, that that you want to see uh, adjusted upon or improved upon, and then give out a game ball or two to 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 uh, a couple of Saints or just one who who you thought impressed you the most. Um, is it biased if I say the best part of that game was when Reggie Bush came out in a Will Smith jersey? That was and great. the dome was rocking. That was that was. I, I can't believe we forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, you all saw. That's why we didn't mention. It. You all saw. Reggie Bush came out in a Will Smith jersey. Very nice tribute uh, uh, to start the game. Uh, uh, but but for the bright spot that I mean uh, in terms of play. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, but oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just with saying you. like like okay for me the reason why I said it if I had to pick like a quick one I'd say I think just um uh the the deep bomb the deep bomb to yeah. um uh uh Tegid Jr. and uh, what needs to be worked on I I would just say maybe diversifying it a bit more you know like mixing things up. The Saints basically thought that, you know, oh, because they're going to stack the box, uh, we're not going to run the ball. But the thing is, I'm willing to bet money on The Panthers did not stack the ball, uh, the box, every single time. Uh, Drew Brees could have audible, you know, to something else, you know, to, like, get Ingram or Kamara involved, uh, involved, especially, like, in the passing game. But um, just a quick uh, minute on the Will Smith thing. The reason why I picked it because I, I just – you know, Will Smith is the reason why I'm a Saints fan. You know, my my family watched him growing up. We loved it. You know, and just like seeing that, you know, after he passed away, it, like it, like my my heart smiled. You know, but um, I don't know. Well, just just, just for the finish. record, um, if you guys go have the opportunity to go back and watch our show from tonight, we um uh, we awarded game balls for the uh the Carolina victory and Alan asked me first what who my first game ball went to and immediately my response was Reggie Bush for coming out and yeah. having the uh the Will Smith jersey on I, I think that's a nod yeah. to a guy that absolutely lived and breathed uh, you know, you you hear all the time that word tossed around the Patriot way. Well, you know, we have a a New Orleans Saints way, and there was no one that epitomized that that effort, uh, that that logic, that very concept more than Will Smith. And um, while his his passing was a very tragic event, um. It's been a rallying cry, not only for the 
the players that have gone before, but the players that are coming up, uh, coming up now. And um, I, I think that Reggie Bush deserves massive kudos for having yeah. have the forethought to pay homage to uh, to someone that meant so much to this organization. Yeah, yeah. it's better than Bat, to be honest. You I, know, because uh, they said that he wasn't allowed to bring out the Bat, but that was so much better. Because we didn't mention either how um he like he counted off. He went like something with his fingers, and then you know he does what Jubilee sometimes does in the dome, where he takes his fist, slams it down, and then the crowd just erupted. Yeah. And the Huda uh, chant. I chant. I, I would have loved to see the Richter scale numbers uh, of you know the the Mercedes Benz Superdome when Reggie Bush did that and it came out in the Will Smith jersey because it was rocking. The dome was going absolutely nuts. It was crazy. Um. Okay, so well, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, you know, several years ago, uh, I think maybe 2014, the Seattle Seahawks set yeah. the outdoor noise level for the Guinness Book of World Records. And I want to say it was maybe two or three weeks later, the Saints played the Carolina Panthers at the Superdome. And word got out. Uh, everybody'd be here. We're gonna set the indoor noise level. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was blessed with having a fifty yard line seat nice. on the floor level for mm-hmm. that game, and I, 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 you're talking to a guy that had qualified for flight training with the United States Navy, uh, I, but. You know, I I couldn't pass the physical due to my uh, knee injury from playing football. Anyway, uh, you're talking to a guy that has been around jet airplanes. I've uh, I played music for a long time, and uh, I've been up in front of screaming people. I have never in my life heard anything that even remotely compared to the noise level in the Superdome on that night. That was something that was absolutely the only word that I can come up with to describe that experience was surreal. There you go. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Very again. Very envious. That's awesome. Uh, well, you know, like I say, I've been a fan basically from the beginning. The Saints were founded in 1967. I want to say All Saints Day. I can't remember. whatever day that is, I came along about six months later. And uh, it's just uh, Danny Abramowitz, Stonebreaker, Archie Manning, uh, the Dome Patrol. I've lived through all of that. And uh, it's been the the absolute passion of my life to follow. Uh, and, and that doesn't even begin to take into account Mm-hmm. The uh, the blessing of being asked to cover this team, and uh, I consider myself very blessed and to um, to have been able to do what I do. Um, this team is something that is very, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, I, I'm I'm a cancer survivor, and. Every time that I was hospitalized during that process, 
the one constant that was always there uh, when they put me out to do the surgery to remove the cancer from me I was wearing my Drew Brees jersey Uh, and during my recovery process guys and and I'm going to date myself here a little bit but guys like Malcolm Jenkins, Jabari Greer uh, Kyrie Robinson, I I can't say enough about Kyrie these guys took the time out of their their busy schedules to check on me, check on my progress Uh, there is absolutely no NFL team and their fan base that is more closely tied than the Saints are with their fans. Um, you know, uh, you see that over and over again. Not just stories like what I just talked about, but uh, you 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 deal with things like uh, the incredible tragedy of Hurricane Katrina. Um, these these players on this team and their fans they're so so much in lockstep with the fact that hey you know we're over here you're over there but we're all in this together and and i think that that anytime anyone comes into the superdome on a sunday afternoon they see that Mm -hmm. uh, played out on on a grander scale than any other venue in, in the entire National Football League. Yeah, yeah. The, the the more I'm experiencing, too, obviously, like I said, not living down in, in Louisiana, New Orleans, but just the vibe I get uh, from from seeing, seeing on the forums or, or, or you know, a- anywhere I can, talking to guys like you, Sean, and, and other guests we've had on, the, had on the show, interacting with them. This is the the best fan base in all of sports uh, around the entire world. It's, it's fan, not, not only in the passion that they give, but – like you just mentioned, having each other's backs, uh, actually making it family, uh, a family fan base is just fantastic. So, um, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, by the way, Sean, that that's that's great. You're 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 a survivor, and, and it's fantastic. Okay. Um, so, uh, first of all, uh, by, by the way, uh, last week I did totally call that touchdown to Ted Ginn Jr. If you guys listened to the show, I said the X factor in the game was <laughs> the Saints opening up the floodgates. By a long touchdown to either Ted Ginn Jr. or I said, you know, it could be Michael Thomas, whoever. So uh, you're welcome for that, Houdat Nation. I think that that was the bright spot. I think getting that touchdown really just, – just because yeah, that game was so back and forth, the, the offense was bottled up, that touchdown really sparked this offense, and it was really impressive. So And Ted Ginn Jr. stepping up against his former team, that was just great to see. If I had to get – you know, and, and I, I don't think that he, he was the best player in this game or the most decisive, but if I had to give a game ball, I'd give it to Ted Ginn Jr. I think that that catch – and obviously the, the throw by Breeze was spot on. Like, you really have to be a veteran quarterback. To look at a, a player, a, a defender going towards your wide receiver and knowing he has his head turned uh, and, and making – because that throws an interception if Bradbury has his head turned around. But Drew Brees knew that he, you know, he's catching up. So great throw, great great catch. And, again, that, that sparked the floodgates, the, the, the dome – Totally rose up after that. Um, and in terms of what needs to be adjusted, what needs to be fixed for the Saints, uh, I think Tyler hit it right on the head with the play calling. I don't know if you know that that is 100% to blame for the Saints' uh, rushing struggles on the ground with, with Ingram and Kamara. Um, but I think that it could have been improved upon if the play call was a little bit better. Again, you got to give credit to the Panthers and that front seven and even their cornerbacks and safeties coming up 
and making plays uh, during while the Saints were trying to to get the run game going. Um, so so that, that I, but I, again, I would say for what we need to fix is play calling because this Minnesota defense is not it's nothing to play with, man. They're they're really talented. So uh, that that well, can, go ahead, Sean. The the thing that you're going to have to look look at going into this game is this is not going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not going to be the Carolina Panthers. This is not going to be the New York Jets. Uh, and by saying that, my point being, DeMar- this is for the right to represent your conference in the championship game to see who goes to play the Super Bowl. Uh, your margin for error does not exist any longer. You're going to have to play lights out. You're going to have to play mistake-free football. The the pointless penalties, um, yeah, be that a defensive back grabbing a receiver off the line of scrimmage beyond the five-yard mark, uh, an offensive lineman jumping off sides, uh, your, your margin for error does not exist. You have to play basically mistake-free football. What you saw against Carolina, you're – your calling card, as as I called it earlier, your calling card all season long has been the ground game with Ingram and Kamara. Uh, you're going to have to find a way to make that work. And for the Saints, that's going to be even a bigger challenge now with Pete going down with a broken leg in the first half of this game against Carolina. Uh, your your offensive line depth is absolutely going to be a concern moving forward. You have you have Kelamite dropping in, and, yeah, yeah. You you have him dropping in in Pete's place. You have Laribus go, mm-hmm. uh, a, as a a very experienced and qualified backup that's played pretty well over the course of this season. But from there, the the quality level the, and the experience level is going to be a severe drop-off. So, that being said, it's going to be a, a war of attrition, basically. And you're going up against arguably one of the most talented defenses in the league. So... Staying healthy is going to be uh, job number one for the Saints. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. I do. So let's take a quick break, guys. When we get back, we are going to be quickly mentioning some of the other games that happened this past weekend during you know the uh, wild card round. And we'll be just uh, taking a quick look at uh, what matchups there are and if the Saints can make it even further. It's going to be like a quick three-second break for us, but it's going to be about a minute for you guys, so stay tuned for that. All right, guys, we are back. Thanks for tuning in. Did you miss us? I know we did. We have a very special guest with us today. That is, of course, Sean Williams. If you haven't been listening to this and you just randomly scroll through the podcast episode, we're here now to talk some uh, football again. So um, uh, during the NFL wildcard round, you had the Titans versus the Chiefs. The Titans came back, surprisingly, and beat the Chiefs 22-21. to You had, of course, the, unfortunately, they're in the playoffs, the Atlanta Falcons against the LA Rams. They beat the Rams 26-13. to You had, on Sunday, 
the Buffalo Bills, first time in what feels like forever, they made the playoffs. And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, first time in a while for them, too. The Jaguars won 10-3. Then, of course, uh, in case you missed it somehow, if you've been living under a rock this, uh, this past hour, um, you missed us talking about the exciting matchup that was the Saints versus the Panthers. Saints, uh, the Saints uh, ended up killing it and ended up winning the game 31 31- uh, let's kick it off with you, Dayton. Um, actually, I forgot. My, I forgot to mention the division round games. Okay, we've got the Falcons versus the Eagles, the Titans versus the Patriots, the Jaguars versus the Steelers, and the Saints versus the Vikings in Minnesota. Let's kick it off with you, pretty quick, uh, Dayton. What are you expecting from these games? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's there's a couple of duds over in the uh, AFC. Uh, obviously, I think the Jaguars and Steelers uh, are, are two pretty good teams. Just, you know, o- overall the Steelers are better, but it is interesting that the, the Jaguars handled them so well during the, their meeting during the regular season. I do think that the Steelers have the upper hand. They're, they're rested at home. I think, I think and, and Patriots, obviously, I think will blow out the Titans. Uh, but congrats to the Titans, 18-point comeback against the Chiefs. That was great. Jaguars and Bills, snooze fest, lowest scoring uh, playoff game of all time. Uh, just just absolutely boring. Uh, Falcons were able to spank the, the Rams. That was the most surprising win to me. I, I was really believing in the Rams. My dad's a huge fan, and I kind of bought into to, to kind of how they were running things. And I think the Falcons showed their playoff experience and were able to win. Uh, going up against the Eagles, I don't know what to expect out of this game because both of these teams could come out firing off of all cylinders, and both of them could come out and play garbage and, and either thing can happen to either team and it can happen to both of them you know same thing could happen to both of them we could have a snooze fest we could have one of the best games in playoff history i don't know what it's going to be that's totally up in the air for the saints and vikings we'll obviously talk about that uh, in the next podcast episode later this week uh when we talk to the site expert over uh, for the Minnesota Vikings called the Viking Age, part of fan sided Adam Carlson. He'll be on the show later this week to help us break down that game. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if I had to give a winner for that Philly Falcons game, uh, I'd say the Eagles. Uh, again, well-rested at home. Uh, I think that they'll win. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's that's all i got to say about the playoffs, man. Uh, at least a few of them have been exciting. That 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 Jags-Bills game was awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Sean? Uh, really quick, um... What are you expecting out of these uh, division round games? To be completely honest with you, I as far as the AFC, and I've said this from the very beginning, probably from week eight or nine of the season, um, the AFC is going to come down to a choice between the Steelers and the Patriots. Uh, I, I haven't seen as great as the Cinderella story of the Jaguars has been um, I, I, I really don't see anything changing the narrative that it's going to be a choice between the Steelers and the Patriots. And, um, you know, sometimes in, in the grand scheme of things, a team just has another team's number. And that's, that's kind of, it's simplistic. And I realize that, but, um, that seems to be the the narrative that goes with with the the Steelers and the Patriots, and over the past several meetings, um, it's gone the Patriots' way, and I don't see anything that leads me to believe that that uh, quote unquote narrative is going to change 
this time. Uh, and, and long story short, it's going to be the Patriots' ball to lose. Uh, uh, unless, uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go medieval here on, on the, uh, the Patriots, but unless the Steelers grow a set and jump up and prove that they belong there, um, I, I don't see anything stopping the Patriots from being the, the AFC representative yet again, yawn. Um, yeah, right. Now, it, now in the NFC, I think the quality level is much higher. Um, it's going to be very hotly contested. Um, and, and I said this from the get-go. Um, the six teams representing the NFC in the playoffs, um, for the first time, and yesterday, as a matter of fact, I turned 50 years old. Uh, cracked a quarter century, uh, excuse me, cracked a half century. And um, in my lifetime, I don't ever remember there being a postseason field in, in the playoff bracket where you could say there is not one team in this field that I can't see make getting hot and making a run and winning the the whole thing and, and that is absolutely the case this year um the obviously my heart's with the saints um uh earlier tonight on our show i i was <laughs> i was pressed into making a, a prediction and i said 28 20 Saints over the Vikings, but that can, uh, it, and pardon me, my mouth just does not want to form to say this this next phrase, but that could just as easily work out in the opposite way and be the Vikings. Um, but I, much like my co-host Alan says, um, I, I really and truly believe that whoever wins this matchup in Minneapolis on Sunday evening, I, I believe that they are absolutely, without a doubt, the most well-equipped team to win the whole thing. Not just the NFC Championship, but to win the Super Bowl as well. Very possible Vikings home Super Bowl. What do you think, Tyler? Um... Uh, it's going to be great games. Give me the Falcons, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Saints. That's what I've got for the ship round. Love it's going it. to be great games, though, all around. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this weekend. Uh, Sean, uh, this is fantastic having Sean. you on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Plug away your social media. Uh, uh, before we let you go, we're going to do an outro, but plug away your social media first. Let the people know where they can find you. Uh, I know your Twitter is DrewsDad3721. Obviously, you can find... Yeah. You guys on YouTube, uh, plug away, man. Thank you. Uh, first of all, let me uh, let me thank you guys both for uh, for having me on. Um, as I alluded to earlier, uh, Tyler's one of my boys. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's a, that's a southern thing. I, I'm sure neither one of you get that. But anyway, uh, I am at on Twitter. At Drew's Dad thirty seven twenty one, at Under the Dome, P O 
one, and uh, on Facebook at Under the Dome Podcast, all caps. I have to add that because they they don't ever find it. Mm. You know, unless it's, it's all caps. Anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on here. This has been something that Tyler and I have been uh, trying to coordinate on for some time now and i'm so thankful and for the opportunity and i'm i i'm thankful for the opportunity also to expand the brand uh that that's what i'm all about thank you guys for uh for supporting us and i hope you guys know that we'll always support you as well Mm. um you guys have have done a fantastic job of and, and there again, uh, speaking as someone who was there about a year ago, you guys have created nothing from some, something from nothing. Golly. Hey, you're good, man. You're good. Amazing what one consonant can do. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, you guys have created something from nothing, and that's to be commended. You guys do a fantastic job. I'm so, so, so proud of not only Tyler, but you, you Dayton as well. Um, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much, Sean. You you are now officially my favorite Sean ever that I've ever met. I've I've met some really awesome Sean's in the past. You're, you're the number one Sean. Again, thank you so much. uh, My goal in life is to someday supplant, the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels as being the like very it. best Shawn ever i like it i like that a lot sweet chin music all around <laughs> in new orleans i love it i love it that's but, that's, but that's hey, a great life if we if we add if we really and truly if we want to get technical he is s-h-a-w-n michaels ah, different and i'm and i'm s-e-a-n you're you're like head so, coach sean Head coach Sean Payton. So, you, you got the same as yeah. Sean Payton. Yeah. The only people that I have to beat to be the greatest Sean ever is uh, Sean Payton and go. Sean. Okay, that's see, you're number three already, and, and you have so, <laughs> yeah, you have there, you so much. there you go. That's I'm awesome. I'll do his quote I think I'm a lot closer to Payton than I am Connery, actually. <laughs> Sean Connery. And, yeah. Just for the record, since my birthday was like yesterday, uh, I was actually named after Sean Connery because my mother was watching a uh, James Bond movie when she went into labor. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So that that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. I love it. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, let's do this classic outro, shall we, Dan? Okay, guys, so thank you so much for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Who Had This podcast. Guests like these are what make uh, this episode, uh, these episodes so fun, and we appreciate all of our guests we've had on, like Sean and many more. We appreciate all of you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Dan, Dan the other guy in the mic. You can follow Robert Brown underscore. You can follow me. You can follow our official Who At This podcast account at the podcast. Make sure to check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. Just search the Who At This podcast, and that's where you can find us. But as always, guys, 
thanks so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Uh, this was our second playoff uh, uh, podcast uh, of, of the entire existence of our podcast, which is great. Again, later this Did week. Did I lose you? Oh, no, you're, you're good. You're still in. Um, uh, again, next week we will be having um, another ep- – or, sorry, later this week we'll be having another episode. Whether the Saints win or lose, we'll have another episode next week. Again, the guest for, for Friday will be Adam Carlson of the Viking Age Again, guys, thank you so much for for tuning in, for listening, giving us feedback. Follow us on Twitter. That's where you'll be able to find out all the information. And uh, who dat?